Good morning, everyone. It is great. Uh, it's great to see you. I lost track of time. Are we all good on the old live stream? Okay, sweet. Super. Hey, good morning. It is great to see you. Beautiful day today to worship together. Um, we are glad that you chose to be here this morning, uh, whether you're here in person or on live stream on Facebook. Um, it's good to be together. Um, we are going to worship here. I'm going to pray in just a minute. Um, before we do, I, I do want to uh, to welcome a few uh, a special group that is here, um, in, kind of in the back and scattered around. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, some of the teenagers we went to North Carolina to do uh, some work and to do some ministry and to build some relationships. And uh, and so some of the teens from that church are actually here in Ohio this weekend because uh, they went to uh, Cedar Point. Is that right? Kings Island, sorry. I, I get them confused. Kings Island. And so uh, they're here to worship with us this morning. And uh, so Rachel is back there. Rachel, will you, will you wave? Everybody turn and look at Rachel. Yeah, you can clap for her too. Yeah. Well, you guys are dead. So, <laughs> so Rachel's husband, Nathan, was my youth pastor uh, when I was uh, young in high school back in Cincinnati. So it was great connecting with them. It's great to see them again, and we're glad that they're here with us. Hey, will you guys stand with us? And uh, let's pray, and then let's sing. God, we are so thankful to once again be here in your presence with our brothers and our sisters to worship you. And so, God, whatever it is that uh, has been on our mind as we have come into this place, God, not that we forget about those things or those things don't exist, but we present them to you, we submit them to you, and we ask that you would take our burdens this morning. And that as we sing and as we dig into Scripture, God, may we truly worship you. May we respond to your word in obedience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Well, really quickly, before we get started, <laughs> Beverly already noticed this. We were walking up and she said, how is he going to play that? And if you guys will notice, wave hi, Joseph. Joseph had an accident with his thumb a few weeks ago, and here he is ready to play. So can you guys even believe Yes, give him a round of applause. I'm pretty sure, here's the thing, I bet you could close your eyes and not even know. He's that good, okay? So, but he is only using one hand and two of his feet. He's got this special setup, and I'm just, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so excited for this. Um, also excited because I'm going to teach you a new old song, okay? Um, <laughs> a new old song. It's funny because Joseph, we practiced on Wednesday, and Joseph said, I was really hoping that you weren't going to play any new songs. I said, I got two for you. One now and one at the end, okay? But this is an upbeat song, and I have felt for a while now that we have needed more upbeat songs, right? Because we're excited and grateful to be here to praise the Lord this morning. And so you may recognize this from, I should have looked up the copyright. I don't know how old this song is. It's pretty old. Not pretty old. It's just old. You'll recognize it. You'll recognize it. So let's praise the Lord this morning. <laughs> Blessing and honor. Glory and power be unto the ancient of days. From every nation, all of creation, bow before the ancient of days. Every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory. Every knee shall bow at your throne. In worship you'll be exalted, O God. 
shall not pass away, O oh, ancient of days. Blessing and honor, glory and power, be unto the ancient of days. From every nation, all of creation, bow before the ancient of days. Every tongue in heaven shall declare your glory every knee shall bow at your throne in worship you will be exalted O god and your kingdom shall not pass away O ancient of days and your kingdom shall reign over all the earth singing to the ancient of days Matchless worth, singing to the ancient of days. Sing that again. Your kingdom shall reign over all the earth. Singing to the ancient of days, for none can compare to your matchless worth. Singing to the ancient of days. Won't you sing to the ancient? shall bow in your throne worship you will be exalted O oh god and your kingdom shall not pass away O oh, ancient of days amen he is worthy i'm gonna read from psalm 19 here the heavens declare the glory of god the skies Proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the earth. Again, we are talking about creation, right? The cool thing here is we're not in rivalry with the rocks or the skies, the mountains. We're not in rivalry with them. We get to join in creation's song, praising his name, right? Are we excited about that? Yes, I can't see your smiles, so I need to hear from you, your excitement to be here. And I'm gonna make this guess here, that you want to be here. Am I incorrect in that? And that is not by any stretch of the imagination to say that if you are only watching on live stream that you don't want to be here. But now more than ever, you get the chance to just stay home if you want to, right? I'm guessing you wanna be here. We get to gather together and praise his name. What a privilege, what a beautiful thing. Let's join together because this is what we were made to do, friends. We were made to worship. And I'm just gonna tell you right now, selfishly, I need to hear you. <laughs> I need to hear your voice, but I also really, really in the depths of my spirit believe you need to hear each other. We need to know that we're in this together. Am I right? Amen. Let's sing. the light before the world revolved around the 
God on high, slipped down into time, and wrote the story of his love for everyone. He has filled our hearts with wonder.
Joy our hearts can say Yes, our hearts 
his name. He is good. Would you pray with me? Grant to us, Lord, we pray, the spirit to think and do always those things that are right, that we who cannot exist without you may by you be enabled to live according to your will through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Well, good morning. Um, I've had a few people over the past couple of months ask me, they're like, how do you decide what you're going to talk about on Sunday morning? Like, do you and Paul plan together? Is it just like this happy accident that we always kind of tend to coordinate? And um, if you aren't aware, right now, there's a kind of a beautiful thing happening in our church where our kids and all of us are heading on the same track right now. So every week we're putting out resources for families with kids that go right along with what we're doing here in, in our main service together. So if you're trying to figure out where to start when it comes to family discipleship, sometimes just talking about what we talk about on Sunday morning all week long, that's a great place to start. And um, this week, the, the thing that's been on my mind, there's this story that I remember from my childhood, and it has to do with tuna fish. And so I will spare you all um, me opening this can of tuna fish. This is not a science experiment today because I'm sure you all know that once I open this pretty quickly, the smell is going to travel. There's not going to be any mystery about what's happening here. Tuna fish is not a subtle thing. It sticks out. It does not blend in well with anything. Has anyone ever been tricked by what looks like a chicken noodle casserole and it's really tuna noodle casserole? Like, it's not always a great surprise. Um, but my sister, when she was in elementary school, Packed her lunch every day, was sitting down to eat her lunch one day, and uh, my mom had packed her a tuna fish sandwich. And it wasn't too long before everybody around her is going, what are you eating? That, that smells horrible. And there was no hiding the fact that yeah, my sister brought a tuna fish sandwich to school, which she didn't know was apparently not a thing that you're supposed to do. And so as she's sitting there, I mean, like, it's just like spreading around the lunchroom, this smell of fish, this disgust of everyone around her. They couldn't believe, one, that my mom had packed her a tuna fish sandwich for lunch, because who does that? And two, that my sister was just going to eat it. And so um, 
where we find ourselves today in our, in our story, in the Bible, we've, we're going to move forward pretty significantly. Like we've been talking about David and kind of this rise of the time of kings. At this point, we've had a lot of good kings, bad kings, more bad than good. And they've kind of fallen into this period of exile where they are now, they've been removed from their land. Um, we've got them in um, the Babylonian area. And we've got Daniel and some of his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And for my VeggieTales fans, those are Rakshak and Benny. It's a lot easier that way. And they've been identified as kind of these men of wisdom, like these upstanding people among the Jews. And they've been given these pretty strategic leadership positions. And at this point, Nebuchadnezzar, so they are, again, they're not really able to practice their religion the way that God has asked them to. They're, they're strangers in a strange land. At this point, there's this giant statue that Nebuchadnezzar has erected and has this great idea that every time the people hear this fanfare, these trumpets, this music, that everyone's just going to stop everything and they're going to bow down. So he lets everybody know this is the expectation, this is what everybody's going to do. The music happens and everybody bows down, except not everybody bows down. These three guys are left standing. And so I'm sure you can imagine if you're looking out over a sea of people that are all bowed down, that person who's standing up is going to stick out like a sore thumb. So Nebuchadnezzar gives him another chance. He's like, in case there was some, maybe a language barrier here, you did not understand what I'm telling you to do. I'm going to give you another shot here. We're going to play the music, and you're going to bow. Tried it again. The result was the same. Everybody's bowing. These three men, though, they could not and would not bow to that. So it ends up with them in the furnace, and, and they're delivered from that furnace and we see in that this, this recognition on Nebuchadnezzar's part that, that what they were standing for was right. They were, they were serving the one true God. So back to my tuna fish story. Why, why does that matter? Like I said, tuna fish is not subtle. It's not going to blend in. My sister honestly didn't realize that there was even something weird about bringing tuna fish to, to school. You want to know why? Because we ate it all the time growing up. This was one of my mom's favorite things to do. She would dump it out, mix it with like ketchup and mustard and pickle relish, and we just ate it. And so when my sister took it to school, like that was just any other lunch. And so when I think about um, sometimes those things that we do, we don't even realize that they're going to stand out to other people until we do them. Sometimes we don't realize that the, the convictions that we have, the way we live our lives, we don't realize that that is going to stand out and seem really different and really strange to people around us. But if that's the way we live our lives at home, if we're eating our tuna fish every day at home, it's not going to feel weird when we eat our tuna fish out in public. I mean, the people around us are going to know we're eating it. But when I think about raising my kids and what I want to do with them at home, I want it to be that we've practiced and we have lived a life of integrity and of conviction that when we, what we do at home they're able to do in new situations. They're able to have things to stand on in new situations. And even if it causes them to stand out as much as opening a can of tuna fish in a room, that they have that foundation. They have that courage to stand for the things that are right, the things that, that they know are not going to be shaken. So this week... Maybe as you're eating your lunches and, and something sticks out to you and you can smell that thing more than anything else. Think about that. It. It's okay sometimes. It's okay to stand out. We are called to live lives that really do stand out 
And what that looks like is that we lead with love. We lead with peacemaking. And those are things that are going to stick up, stand out to people around us. And they're not going to understand maybe sometimes the stands that we take. But if they're the right things for the right reasons, God's going to give us the courage and he's going to um, be with us the whole time. So Pastor Paul is going to talk to us a little bit more about this living in the ad lib. What do we do when we need to improvise? Things are, are going off track and how um, God can still lead us in that. We're good. I'll do an experiment before we do anything else. Um, can you smile real big? Leave your mess smile. Okay, now frown real big. Uh, you know, without being able to see your face, it's hard to tell if you're mad at me or happy uh, with me. So I needed to do that. It's good to see Carol. How's Gene? Doing okay? Okay, good. Uh, Gene broke his hip, right? And uh, recovering, but it's good to see Carol here praying for Gene. It's good to see Giovanni and Megan back here, newlyweds. Woo! Let's give it to them. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Good to see you guys, and uh, glad, to, glad to be with you. It is good to have, uh, I, I saw Rachel, I didn't see Nathan. Is Nathan in here somewhere? He's not in here, I don't see him. I tell you, Rachel, Nathan, I was actually on a board that hired them and uh, when I was still a layman at, uh, at Tri-County, and Nathan has, and Rachel does as well, but Nathan has particularly a, a dear spot in my heart. We began taking my niece, uh, Heather, to uh, the youth group at Tri-County, and, and Heather really had not had a lot of church experience. And, uh, and so she reached out to Nathan by email, I believe. I, it doesn't seem possible. That was so long ago. Email or text or something. And he led her to the Lord through email and text. And uh, I was thankful uh, for the ability to do that. And I was thankful for a youth pastor that, that could walk her through that. And she's serving the Lord, her and her husband, and uh, great Christians. And I always have, they have a dear spark in my heart uh, because there's a commitment when you bring somebody to church. And they, they took care of that commitment for us and, and really helped bring her to the Lord. So we love you guys and glad our kids got to spend some time with you. I, I did appreciate Dr. Purdue's message last week. I thought it was timely. Uh, that, that we live in a shaken world, uh, and we need to hold on to what's unshakable, that, that in this time of uncertainty, of, of difficulty, and uh, that, that there's some things that are eternal uh, that, that we need to be holding on to. Um, it, this is the most difficult time I have had in the ministry. I, I cannot recall a time like this, and there, there is a most definitely... Uh, paralysis by analysis. Uh, you know, we, we're trying as a church, and I'm trying as your pastor to make the right decisions. But folks, this is uncharted territory, and, uh, and uh, we're, we're doing the best we can. Keep us in your prayers. Uh, I guess it was probably good that we all had masks on when Mara was talking about tuna mixed with ketchup uh, so we could hide the gag reflex that most of us have. Uh, when she made that reference, I, I have, has anybody in this room ever eaten tuna fish mixed with ketchup other than Mara? I'm just curious. That was a new one to me. Uh, and so, uh, and, and what I kept thinking is, if you're a Christian, you're going to stink like tuna. And uh, so, so go out and stink this week. And uh, <laughs> I appreciate Mara and, and Josh. They do such a great job. You know, to, to live in the epic uh, we have to stand out. Uh, to, to live in the epic, 
we have to hold on to the eternal. We, we have to be able to, 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 to live with a, something bigger in mind. You know, I, I love this concept of holding on to the eternal. Um, th this is not an exit strategy. It's a living strategy. So sometimes when we talk about living for the eternal or holding on to the eternal, I think we begin to think, well, this is all about just make it to the end and then you have this exit strategy. But this isn't an exit strategy. In our theology, this is a living theology. This is how we go through life smelling different, living different. It allows us to have the right perspective. It helps us move with the right action. And it allows us to move correctly even in the ad-libs of life. The, 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 the times when things aren't going according to plan. And the stories for this month are all stories where people are living in the ad-lib. They're, they're living in the unexpected. Um, you know, we all have ad-lib moments. Moments that, that we aren't expecting, things that, that we don't expect to happen to us or for us. Um, for instance, some, sometimes they're good. Uh, somebody calls you and says, hey, I have tickets to Ohio State football. Would you like them? And you say, if I say OH, you say, oh, you can hear that through the mask. Uh, you, you say, yes, please, I'll take them. And you happily rearrange your schedule for this ad-lib moment, for this unexpected event. It's something that's good, and even though you didn't expect it, and even though it alters your life, you're just happy to do it. Most of the time, the ad-libs aren't that good. Most of the time, they lead us to things that we don't want to do. And sometimes they're small. Maybe it's a flat tire. And, you know, that's an ad-lib moment. No one plans for a flat tire, right? <laughs> why do every, every time you have a flat tire, why does it always have to be raining is the only question I have. And why do you have to be on the worst road in, in history when you have flat tires? But it seems like it's like that every time you have that. that that's an ad-lib moment. So sometimes we cannot plan life. And sometimes these are worse than minor, and they're major. It's a sickness you didn't expect. It's a job loss. It's a relationship issue or a relationship loss. It's death. It's COVID-19. And it takes us out of the routine of life. It's interesting, even in God's story, even in God's epic journey, oftentimes God includes the ad-lib or the detour even in his story. I'm reminded of the story of the children of Israel as they come out of slavery in Egypt and the Exodus story. They, they leave Egypt and they, and they go to the Red Sea. When you get time sometime this week, look, look on the internet, look in one of your study Bibles, and look at the path that they take. God doesn't take them, even in this journey, directly to the Red Sea, but it's this long, looping journey. The, the truth of it is even in God's epic journey, oftentimes it's filled with detours and ad-libs. Wyatt and his cousin James rode with my father-in-law, Jim, 
and Inus to Myrtle Beach several years ago. And, you know, we, we all have the Garmin's now, and it tells us exactly where to go. And even if it tells us wrong, we follow the Garmin, right? Because uh, you know, it's the Garmin. Uh, so they're following the Garmin to, to Myrtle Beach, and, and, and Jim had his settings to avoid highways. It was an interesting trip, to say the least. After we had been there several hours, we were still calling, saying, where are you? And Wyatt would say, well, we're on some back road in North Carolina. You know, oftentimes it seems like there's no shortcuts on God's epic journey. Oftentimes it seems like there's no highways, but it seems like side roads. And as we go through these stories, we see this. Uh, the story last week that, that was in our children's department that we didn't preach here, but we talked about it in the podcast, was the story of David and Saul. And, and in that story, you have David, in one chapter, he's anointed. He's going to be the next king. In the next chapter, you find him killing the giant. You find David in Saul's inner court. You find David married to Saul's daughter-in-law. And it seems like he's on the fast track to success. And then Saul throws his spirit, David, and the rest of Saul's life, he's chasing David down and trying to kill him. Living in the detour. Living in the ad lib. Oftentimes, it feels like we're living in the ad lib. 2020 has felt like the ad lib. Amen? Uh, you can do better than that, okay? Even if you have masks, you can do better than that, I believe. 2020 feels like we're living in the ad lib, right? Amen. All right? You know, maybe in January and February, everything was going great, and then March seemed like the wheels fell off. And we're living in this deter moment, this ad lib moment. How do we live epic lives? How do we join God on this epic, epic journey, even in the midst of upheaval? Now, the story today is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Nebuchadnezzar. Those are just fun words to say. Let's say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego together, okay? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those are just fun words. Nebuchadnezzar. Come on, Nebuchadnezzar, okay? So, so Babylon has defeated the southern kingdom. Um, this, this is Judah. And, and what Babylon does is, is they bring into Babylon all of the young, sharp people. And Nebuchadnezzar brings them to his court, and, and this includes Daniel. This includes Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. These four and others are brought into Nebuchadnezzar's court. And, and Daniel is able to keep them kosher. Uh, you know, they're able to do the things to obey their, their dietary laws and, and, and they begin to excel and, 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 and they see that they're excelling and Nebuchadnezzar actually brings them into his inner circle. Daniel begins to interpret dreams and, and you can read this in, in Daniel 2, 46-49 that Nebuchadnezzar uh, begins to, to, to promote Daniel in verse 48, it says, Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and the chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel made request of the king, and he appointed Shadrach, 
Meshach, and Abednego over the administration of the province of Babylon while David was at the king's court. And so in the story, you, you find that life was not normal. <laughs> There's a lot of detours in the life of these young individuals that have been ripped away from their homeland, ripped away from what's familiar, ripped away from their families, ripped away from their normal worship. Do you hear me? <laughs> and yet there's still things that are going well. Life's not normal, but they can still see God is at work. And then we get to our main story in Daniel 3. Mara alluded to it, Nebuchadnezzar builds this gigantic statue, this gigantic idol, and, and, and everyone is to bow down and worship Nebuchadnezzar, worship Nebuchadnezzar when music's played. And everyone does this except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the king brings him in and says, hey, maybe, maybe you guys were confused. Maybe I've been so good to you that you've forgotten who I am. Maybe you need to be reminded. So we're going to give you another chance. And once again, they refuse. So Nebuchadnezzar's enraged. And he turns the furnace up to a temperature that's so great that the people that throw Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego into the furnace, die. And, and so they're in the furnace, and, and, and they can see them in the furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar looks down, and he says, look, didn't we throw three people in the fire? And I see four, and one looks like the Son of God. Folks, if you never said amen in the church, that's a time to say amen, right? That is an amen, praise the Lord. In, in the churches I grew up in, in Dr. Purdue, you preached in, that would be the verse where somebody would be coming running down the aisle, right? That's an exciting scripture. That, that's something that should charge us up. Smile real big so I can see, okay? All right, yeah, there I can see it in your eyes. There's one in the fire. There's one more in the fire. And so Nebuchadnezzar understands that this God of Israel, this God of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego is worthy of worship. And he pulls them out of the fire and he, he puts them once again in their position. And they prosper. Now there's a couple things I want you to see in this story. And, and, and one is the obvious one. It's possible to see God best when things are at their worst. In other words, even in a time when things are going bad, it's possible to see God best when things are going worst or worse. Um, we don't strive for bad times. No one prays, God, make me sick. God, help me lose my job. Well, maybe some people pray that. I don't know. Lord, Lord, will you make this relationship fail? But in those times, it's possible to really see God at work if we choose to. Now, now we have to look through the smoke and the haze, right? Can we all acknowledge 
that even in this time, it's easy to get caught up in the smoke and the haze, right? A lot of smoke around, a lot of haze, a lot, a lot of opinions, a lot of things being said. And we have to look past those things. But we can still see. Sometimes it's a faith choice that we have to make. We have to say, in faith, God, I am going to choose to see you at work, even in the fiery furnace, because I believe the Bible tells me that you're here. My, my church community tells me you're here. See, you understand the importance of church community is that we can reaffirm these things with each other, that when we just gather in our homes, it's possibly kind of siloed in our silos we can begin to believe that God is silent. But when we gather here and we see people worshiping, even though they're going through the same circumstances we are, then it builds our faith and allows us to see God fresh and new. Sometimes we just cling to Scripture. If you believe in Scripture today, say amen. Man. Is it the mask or is it you? If you believe in Scripture today, say amen. amen. Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. <laughs> Isaiah 41, 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is with us. And he wants us to sense his presence even in the midst of the furnace. Look past the smoke and fire and see him. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come, upon me and, come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Is it possible? Is it possible? And, and, and folks, I'm living through this crisis with you just, just in the same way. And so when I say these things, it's, it's not that I'm up on an ivory tower towering, telling you how to live. It's the same reminders God has to give me. Is it possible that I am, that you are, that we are so distracted by the smoke and the fire that, that, that we're so consumed with those things that we're not seeing that he's present. See, God is inviting us, even now, particularly now. God is inviting us to seek him. If you seek me. And the promise is, if you will seek him, he will be found. God is with us. This should change how we live in the ad lib. We have to hold on to this eternal God, and it shifts our perspective. It moves us to action. But one more thing that I think is important to see, how do we hold on to this eternal God? We worship only God. What's it mean to worship? Worship singing. That's part of worship. But worship's more than singing. 
You know, worship's not part of a service. To, to worship is to bow down. It's to acknowledge the authority of God. It's allowing God to set the parameters of my life. To, to worship God is not just to sing a song to God, but it is to say, God, where you lead, I will follow. That's worship. Romans 12, 1 says, we give our lives as a living sacrifice. This is worship. That when I give my life to God, this is worship. And Nebuchadnezzar was asking Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego to give their lives to him. Now the truth is, they could have said, well, you know, Nebuchadnezzar's been pretty good to us. You know, he, he's given us wealth. They were wealthy. He's given us food. He's given us position. He's given us power. He, he's taken care of us. They, they could have justified bowing down just to acknowledge how good Nebuchadnezzar had been to them. But they couldn't. Because to bow down was to say that Nebuchadnezzar was worthy of worship and only their God was worthy of worship. Can, can we acknowledge that to Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, Nebuchadnezzar was a good thing, right? You understand this. This wasn't some evil monarch that was doing bad things to them. This was a good thing to them. And the truth is, there's many good things in our life that we're tempted to bow down and worship. In the church, it's usually not bad things that we worship. You know, I, I don't worry about you guys going out and robbing banks, and I, at least I hope not. Now that everybody has masks, maybe this is the time to do it. Cut that from the live stream. <laughs> it's the good things that trip us up, folks. You realize that, right? We, we choose the blessings over the God that gives the blessings. Jobs. Jobs are good things. But we don't worship jobs. Having money in a bank account is better than not having money in a bank account. Amen? We at least acknowledge that. Money is a good thing. But we don't worship money. Support systems. Family. I love my family. But folks, we're not called to worship our family. Friends. These support systems that God has placed in our life, these are good things, but we don't worship them. Governments. Political parties, candidates. Folks, you can support and you can vote for whoever you want to vote for. I have people I support and vote for and people I don't feel like I can support and vote for. And that's a good thing. Be involved in the system to, to the extent that you have, can. But we do not worship our government and we do not worship their candidates. Because folks, they are blessings. They are not God. God alone is to be worshipped 
we give thanks for his blessings. So family, jobs, health, government, nations, it's appropriate to give thanks, but we don't worship them. The truth is, and I've probably been guilty of this, is sometimes we get this reversed. And we give thanks to God, and we worship the other things. So we sing the right songs, we say the right things, but in our heart, what we're dependent on is our job, our finances, our family, and things that God has placed in our life as blessings. Two questions, and Amy's going to come, and they're going to sing a song, and, and then I'm going to close this in prayer. And I'm going to invite you, can, you can remain seated for the song. Our altars are always available. Maybe in the midst of this, you've not seen him like you would, would like, and, and maybe you just want to say, God, I want to see you. I'm going to seek you this morning. I'm going to take that scripture seriously, and I'm going to seek you in prayer. Can you see God in the fire? Can you see him? And are you worshiping anything or anyone other than God? There's a grace when the heart is under fire Another way when the walls are closing in When I look at the space between Where I used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone There was another in the fire standing next to me there was another in the waters holding back the seas should i ever need reminding of how i've been set free there is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me there is another in
that even though we feel like we're in the midst of the fire, you're with us. Uh, your word promises and your word shows that um, you are steady and true and good, that whatever we go through, that you can take it and use it for our good, your glory. So Lord, we pray that even in the midst of, of this time of uncertainty, of fear, this time in which there seems to be no easy solutions. There's a grave that holds no body. And so, Lord, we can turn to you and know that you have overcome. That you have overcome this world, and since you've overcome this world, we can overcome this world. Lord, I pray for that person today that, that's sitting in this sanctuary that's struggling with worshiping the wrong things. It's so easy to worship the good instead of worshiping God. But help us, Lord, to keep our focus on you, to give you thanks for the good things, to, to be thankful, but to worship only you. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God bless, folks.